Konnichiwa. Welcome to the Jandals in Japan podcast. Kia ora, Catherine. How's it going? Konnichiwa, Jane. All going well. Are you as excited as I am <gasps> about what's happening? Yeah. Wow. This week, yeah, we've got the All Blacks in town playing the Brave Blossoms mm-hmm. at the Olympic Stadium. I'm so excited to go into this blooming Olympic stadium that we were all locked out of during the Olympics. We only saw you and I saw it from the outside, saw right? From the we outside, were like hanging heard around the inside, heard yeah. what was going on, but we could not get inside. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and so Can't the All wait. Blacks are coming to Japan. This is amazing. It has been quite tricky to get tickets. I know a lot of people have missed out and really disappointed. We will do you proud. We are gonna. Yeah cheer for the all blacks uh, do our best yeah yeah on and the day made a, yeah. Few, a few cheers for japan as well of course yeah yeah, yeah 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 we can't wait and it's great to see them coming in through japan on their way up to their northern hemisphere tour in europe so i think it's going to be just a great warm-up uh it's going to be a fun match and it's always camaraderie right with the two teams they love each other and they've played again you know in previous games so we can't wait to be there in the stadium in the stand watching this game live it's going to be awesome well you've done this before this is my first time that is the amazing thing right this that is so time to see an so all blacks game yeah first time seeing all blacks game live yes well i have spent many saturday afternoons <laughs> on the sofa with my dad watching rugby but to actually see a game like i don't think even my dad ever got to see one so there we go um making history here very very exciting we don't really do these things unless we're sort of able to by way of someone giving you tickets or there's an occasion that brings you there i remember back in new zealand my first game going to what was uh lancaster park in christchurch before it got dismantled in the earthquake but sitting in the stadium watching the blues play and i thought wow this is my first live Mm-hmm. rugby match and that was when i was perhaps 24 or something five mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'd done the same as you watched mm-hmm. rugby on tv with dad and my mm-hmm. brothers but never mm-hmm. actually been to a game it was fun such a I different went... experience you're gonna absolutely love it i went to the highlanders in uh, dunedin right highlanders game and i was like where's the replays and i was like, oh okay there are no replays you actually have to watch <laughs> anyway we digress where's the replay there we go (laughs) yes so we're looking forward to that and i think there may be a few foreigners in town there probably will be a few kiwis coming in this week who are going to the game i imagine real hardcore all blacks followers always get a ticket to japan and now (laughs) you know we're so lucky that on the 11th of october japan graciously has opened up all the gates to come in and we have now free flow uh, as long as you've got your PCR test or your triple vaccinated, you can come into Japan. So it's fantastic to see the slight, at least mm. a slight uptick yeah. in people around town. Yeah, I heard from someone who entered recently that they just walked around and they sh- uh, the airport, like normally you would go through about 20 different stations and mm. show you bits of paper and, and That's right. all this sort of stuff. They walked around the airport and showed their screen up their smartphone which had a a, sos app yeah yeah and it's like green or blue or a certain color and they just showed that as they walked around and she said they were out in no time and she just felt it felt really weird to to have such a smooth entry so i'm glad to hear that it's sort of working because it always Mm. was that so the naturally going back to that almost feels a little bit just yeah as long as you've got populated if that's the word right yeah yeah back 
Yeah, yeah, going back to the old way, but just show your screen as you walk around. And make sure you've done that, that you've signed up with the app before you get on your plane because otherwise you won't get in. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, and I do know a New Zealander who came in on the day the doors opened and uh, he also mentioned that not having that app loaded was a little bit tricky when, you know, not having it and people not really knowing that it had to be done or how to do it from New Zealand side. So Mm. especially coming from somewhere like Wellington, where it's not an Auckland, a departure city, uh, it was harder to get the intel on that. So do look into those apps and make sure that you've got that particular app loaded and and all your details in there. So it'll make it even easier when you come into Narita. Mm, mm, mm. And again, things may change. They may destroy the app and you don't have to do that. But right now, that's what you need to have in your pocket. Yeah, yeah so my mum's coming. Yay, yes. won't be long and she'll be here. Yay. So very and excited. And things are just generally warming up in Japan, aren't they, Jane? Like this, yep. you know, things I've are seen Festivals mm. and things are going on. You were at one recently, weren't you? Yeah, I was at a traditional festival mm. being held at a Shinto shrine that's been around for 1,200 years, wow. apparently, this history. Wow. And it's wow. in this little mountain town. Wow. And I think they're sort of struggling with depopulation. Mm. And so they need people to help out for their festivals, which involve a lot of people, like 100 people are needed. And 100 like healthy, strong people to take part in this shrine and carry the God around town, uh, <laughs> take it for a spin in this little, it's in a portable shrine around town, which weighs quite a lot. You're dragging this shrine up and down stairs and along the road and they block all the traffic. And then you come across power lines and you have to duck, hold the shrine lower so that you can go in the power lines without getting electrocuted, all these things. Oh, yes, because they're quite tall, aren't they? When you Yeah, they're quite the tall and they're on your own. The shoulders yeah, of right. adults being carried around town yeah, yeah. and I, my daughter and I joined we were in charge of carrying a sacred tree um, that had a long sword attached to the front that stuck up on this sort of um, very heavy wooden frame that looked like a sort of like a workbench from your wood woodwork shop oh, right. and I'm like yeah. why is this so damn heavy and they'd only given us six people to carry it and we were all looking at each other going this is impossible we are not going to be able to carry this what are we going to do just my daughter and i and four judo members from the university judo club all looking at each other going help even the judo members think yeah they they were not that big they were like pretty lightweight ones actually i was like give us some of your like heavy weight heavy heavy q weight people um anyway we had to get some somehow they would like dragged in two random people to so eight of us carried this tree around the town and the first thing we had to do was tip it on tip the whole thing over and make it go under power lines so that we didn't get electrocuted because it had this Ooh. massive sword sticking up R- into the- right <laughs> oh, yeah. luckily someone noticed um your sword is going to cut that power line and we're like oh anyway That's so right. I'm we, experienced yeah we dragged this 200 kilo thing around town and at first we were like, help, we're all going to die. And then after a while, we're like, oh, no, we'll, we'll be all right as long as we just get to the end. So we, we did it and we started to sort of laugh and have fun. And at the end of it, like at the start, my daughter was like, um, you could see on her face just not having fun. But at the end, she was like, that was so much fun. I want to come back next year. Oh, and I was good. like, oh, great. Yeah. But the thing that is very interesting about these festivals is the element of danger. In a country where Mm. safety, as Mm. we have seen, safety and being Mm. cautious is so important. 
and everything happens very carefully and if you come here you will see warning signs everywhere on everything don't climb on this don't climb on that <laughs> um you know in parks for children there's sort of no fun allowed <laughs> you know there was all these rules mm. um that you know you would carry this shrine down this incredibly steep stairs that look like Ooh, they yes. yeah you like i'm just imagining 30 people in a 200 kilo shrine tumbling down the stairs or or something you know and that is what happens in japanese festivals they're they're risky and dangerous and it's exciting and yeah. i think that's kind of it's why thrill. people people sign up for it actually and you think of f1 that's the same people racing going around track you know that the car could come off the track mm. but it's so mm. exciting to be there so it's yeah. like a, a festival an element <laughs> of excitement to it so yeah if you are coming to japan and you have a chance to see one of these festivals definitely get on the on the parade route and and have a look and see what they're doing and if you are lucky enough to get an invitation to join one mm. definitely definitely join one make sure you have the next day off you will be broken and sore <laughs> if you're carrying something you're yeah. carrying something <laughs> sore muscles or you know riding on top of a, a log down a hill or climbing a flaming pile of you know sticks or you know they have all sorts of different things or what wow. what's the other one like um, getting completely naked except for the um, <laughs> you know, those old style underwear fundoshi. Yeah. What is it? The, yes. yeah. yeah, and going in the in the sea in the middle of winter. There's there's oh. lots of great ones you can join in on if you're lucky enough to get it. Some pretty invitation. normal ones. I remember my previous neighbourhood. They would carry one round each year, and it was just pretty much all the kids would get together and the families, and there'd be candles and lights and lanterns and really really lovely it was just well mm -hmm. you'd hear the sound and it would give you this great feeling of the festival atmosphere in in japan so did you throw them, some money at them no i was upstairs just sort of looking down watching oh, okay and no i didn't throw money if i'd thrown money from up there maybe it wouldn't have been so good Yeah, because like, it's really lucky to throw a donation at the shrine as it goes by you okay because there's know. a there's a god in there yes there's a there's the the god okay. of the local shrine is in there so hopefully Throw this some money. Food. Yeah, yeah. that's good. I will do it when I see it come mm. past. And then it's also got those all those food stores that are around, right? Then people selling food while the festival's going mm. through. Mm. And uh, just really the great atmosphere and coming back to Japan, I've just noticed. Yeah, and it's, yeah, this, the yeah. one I was at was the first time in three years. So it was really great to be able to yeah. be part of that again. And it's see things are coming back to life literally again in Japan. We were all wearing masks though, by the way. Um, while we were doing this, so. <laughs> you're all yeah. in your gear, like the happy coats that you were yeah, wearing. Oh, we're in our but gear. You're all but wearing your mask. There you had go. the masks on, and we had our temperatures taken and disinfected our hands before we got there going. You go. So, That's yeah, part of the protocol. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting. I hope you're recovering now in your body, uh, but you're certainly your spirit will have been enhanced by that. That's Definitely so revitalizing. That's for sure. Well, talking about revitalizing, we've got mm -hmm. a lovely, lovely company um, and speaker on today's episode, and that's Julie Lindenberg, and she's the CEO of APAC for Kogo, C-O-G-O, -O, a fantastic, uh, innovative New Zealand company that's in Japan doing amazing stuff with helping people understand with data or data around people's carbon emissions. And we just love the story it's going to be so good because it's julia's talking about you know she just joined the company and the amazing things they've done already having you know 50 million i mean 50 million digital banking users uh, yeah. already on a platform the world. and so just can't believe it but we invited her in because we wanted to show 
that New Zealand is doing things, punching above its weight for a little small country that it is. There's so many great things. And we just want to say a big shout out to previous guest Ian Kennedy for introducing us to Kogo. Yeah, thank you, Ian. Thanks, Ian. Well, let's hear it from Julie because she's got a lot of great stuff to say. Kia ora, Julie. Welcome to Jandals in Japan. Kia ora. Great to be here. Hi, Julie. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show today. And we like to start off with a bit of a warm up question. Let's imagine you've arrived in Tokyo for business potentially, but you have a day off. What is the first thing you're going to do? Um, Well, I've not been to Japan. So it feels like there could be so many things that I could do on that bucket list. I actually think one of the first things I would do would just be stand in the street and just absorb everything that's going on around me like just to feel the culture and the feelings (laughs) and the environment around me I think uh, my family would be very disappointed if I didn't go and visit Disneyland Um, but whether that would be the one thing that I would do maybe not the first thing right yeah it might not be the first thing that I do (laughs) and I'd obviously have to go visit our staff that are in Japan as well yeah. Make that connection feel like part of a family in the community. It's I interesting that. that. Yeah, Such you just go and stand answer. in yeah. the street. Yeah. yeah that's, a good that's fantastic. Idea. Well, absolutely great idea. I mean, people go and do all kinds of things in Tokyo. I mean, one of the places I took my mum and dad was to the scramble, you know, mm. horse Shibuya. Attempt, the, the Shibuya, mm. where there's five streets that all meet and you, there's <gasps> a massive amount of people crossing at the same time and I took them up to the cafe so they could look down mm. on seeing these swarms of people crossing wow. and not banging into each other as they cross they love that but I love yeah. your idea of just standing there and taking it all in wow. yeah well it sounds like I need to stand in the scramble well maybe to the <laughs> you side can. Get a photo <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lots of people do yeah, yeah. I, when I visit Tokyo I sometimes take pictures of what I'm sort of walking past and send it to my friends in New Zealand and they're like wow is that what Tokyo looks like and I'm like yeah um it does look like this actually so because yeah. it's quite normal for us isn't it Catherine we just sort sure. of don't really notice so it. Used to mm. it yeah. yeah and you mm. would just see how many people are on their devices how many are sort yeah. of their fashioners what they're eating because they used to not yeah. walk and eat but now a lot of Japanese people that walk and s- eat so interesting actually like yeah. see what yeah see what people are eating i am um, you know we at kogo are a bit of a global community and um i was away for the weekend and i was posting some photos on our slack channel and then i was like oh, i actually need to describe where in new zealand i am because i'm like i just assume that everybody knows yeah. where i am and i'm like actually nobody knows where why not everyone knows who Waikiki island is and i need to mm. explain that to well, them. so similar us- to what you're saying right you're just yeah. so used to it <laughs> You don't even think yes, about it. That's so true. But you'll make us homesick with Waiheke Island oh, right, right now. So. Well, I won't share the photos then. <laughs> no, do, please do, please do. But we've heard so much, you know, from our Jandals guests about um, the things that you're doing uh, and you. what you're up to in Japan. And just it's so exciting. And most people here talk about um, the importance, right, of having – Bringing a, bringing a solution to things, people in Japan, right? Bringing a solution mm. to 
the customers or the clients that you're working with in Japan and making yeah. their problem go away or making it easier yeah. for them. And we know that Kogo is doing this. So yeah. I really wanted to have you, Julie Lindenberg, CEO for APAC for Kogo on the show today. Yeah, thank you, Catherine. Yeah, it's um, such an exciting market to be in at the moment. Yeah. I just love talking about our purpose and the impact we're trying to drive. Well, we know that you you are doing this app, right, where you can yep. assess people's carbon footprint, right, emissions. And mm. I'm going to read this out so I don't get it mistaken, right? Okay. The facts and figures, you started to empower millions. You wanted to empower millions of people using this technology. But you are now using this technology with seven of the world's top 50 banks yeah. who have not just millions, but 50 million digital banking users. 50 million. I had to reread that. I thought it was five, but 50 million digital <laughs> banking users between them and plans to double that, uh, the number of banks on the platform in the next 12 months and plans to enable the solution to be available to 200 million digital bank users by the end of 2023. I'm yeah. just blown away by that. Wow. It's a pretty um, amazing growth. And um, well, pretty amazing impact, really. And I think it tells us a few things, right? People actually care about this stuff. People mm. care about carbon emissions and they care about what they can do to reduce their carbon footprint. And it's not actually been that easy to do it in the past. Mm. And now we can provide them with a solution which is not difficult for them to use and to educate yourself on. I mean, before I started at Kogo, I think I would, you know, someone said to me, well, Julie, what's your carbon footprint? I'd be like, I don't know, like, how do mm. I even go about working out yeah, what that exactly. is? And, like, I buy eco products, is that good? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, there's not a lot it? of education out there. Yeah. And if it is, it's quite complex. It fits a huge barrier for people to understand mm. the impact sure. that well, we'll go um, into that today. I'd love yeah. to hear a bit more. but And also, we're going to put your full bio and code sure. details into the show notes. But Julie, tell us a little bit about you and your background. Yeah. And your inspiration sure. for joining Kogo, because I think it was established just before you joined this year. But more about that and about you. Yeah. Before this role, so I've been in the role for seven months now. I was in banking, really, financial services for eight years prior. I'm not that young. I had other careers before <laughs> before that. <laughs> and actually, the thing that I think is funny to reflect on is at university, I did a Bachelor of Planning degree, mm. which is really a lot, a lot about like town planning. But there was a strong emphasis on sustainability. And I never really took that any further. And it's so funny that it's all come round about. Really? And I'm now working in the sustainability space. Mm. Obviously, sustainability has back then was... Uh, a term that I think we would probably um, put next to maybe the word hippie <laughs> um, out there, you know, because it was really some fourth, you know, it was some out there thinking um, and nobody really knew what it, you know, knew what it meant. And I think over the last 20 years or so, it's really developed a lot further um, and it's not just about the environment. So going back to where I, what I was doing previous to this, yes, I was working for an American company, actually delivering mobile and online banking software uh, to American customers. Huge corporate, one of the, it was a Fortune 100 or at least a Fortune 400 company, you know, 40,000 employees, that type of thing. And I managed their Auckland site in New Zealand as their general manager. 
And why did I leave? Like, why Kobo? <laughs> I really wanted to work for an Australasian company. Right. I wanted to go back to my roots of working for an Australian or New Zealand company. Yeah. And a lot of that was about culture and getting back to that New Zealand culture. And one of the anecdotes I talk about is on my first day, Ben, who's our founder, he um, messaged me on Slack and he said, yo, blah, 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 blah. And then he put at the end, sweet as. <laughs> and which for any New Zealander knows, yo and sweet as are like two such common New Zealand phrases. And I was mm. like, I've made the right decision. Like, yeah. that was it. <laughs> I knew that I'd hit the right company in terms of culture that I was after. <laughs> and then I guess why Kogo specifically is the impact that Kogo is trying to have on the world. Um, you know, we are an impact fintech and... When you think about fintech, for me anyway, in the past, when I think about fintech, I think of software development, making money. That's not what drives Kogo. What drives Kogo is the impact that we're having on the world um, and enabling people to have impact. Um, and that's why we're not just developers, you know, we've got behavioral scientists, we've got researchers, you know, there's a whole lot of different disciplines that are all required for us to make an impact. I actually did some volunteering work for Ben before I took the role on because I just really believed in it. And I was like, I actually want to get involved. I want to get involved in this now. And, you know, the business wasn't ready at that time to take me on. And I was willing to do that because I felt like I really believe in what they're trying to achieve. In. And, and it was a great chance then for you to see what he's like. He could see what you're like and get a feel for mm. the business. What a great way to do it, right? Have a, yeah. have a, a run, a trial a test run. run. Yeah, and I think that works well in startup environments too, that yeah. you can just kind of be nimble a little bit like that and just go with where things take you and see how that pans out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how does the app, you have an app, right? So how does it actually work? What do you have to do yeah. and what do people see on their screens when they're looking at it? So for your yeah. point, you want to know what your carbon footprint is and I'm curious too, how does that show up? So we do have an app and we don't have an app, which is going to sound okay. really confusing. <laughs> For our small business customers, we have an app, which works completely standalone from um, the banking software, but there's an integration between them. So you can link between them, but also you can manage it separately. But maybe let me talk about the retail, because retail is really like consumer, yeah. you and I, you know, mm -hmm. understanding what our footprint is. Um, and so we did have a standalone app, but we've now integrated it into a banking experience. And the reason being that when it was standalone, it was very hard to drive engagement. It wasn't kind of in your face all the time. It wasn't helping build what we call carbon literacy. It was a barrier really for engagement. So now we build it within a bank's software themselves. So if you think about when you log into your online banking, you'll see all your transactions, right, and how much you've spent. Yeah. What we can do is take what that transaction is, understand what type of transaction is it. So mm. Is it like food, power, water, transport? And based on the spend and what that is called the category, so based mm. on the spend and the category, we can then apply a carbon emission factor, which will tell you what your carbon footprint is for that one item. Mm -hmm. mm. But better than that, we won't just do it per line item because really that's interesting, but what does it really tell me? We'll sum it up so you can understand well, what is your highest categories of carbon emissions. Do you spend heaps of money on food or do you spend heaps of money on power and therefore you have a higher carbon emission? 
rate as well. Um, and that's what we call our measure phase. So that's kind of that measurement, like, am I good or am I not good with my spending? Uh, and we do some pretty cool things, like compared to other people in Japan, am I good or am I not good? You know, because you get a number and you're like, is it a good number or a bad mm-hmm. number? You have no idea, right? So you need a comparison, yeah. yeah. And what does that number look like in comparison to somebody who lives a more sustainable lifestyle? Like, am I how good am I with against that? You know, and so that's all kind of still in that measurement phase. But where where we're pretty cool is we go then go from measure into action, right. which is we can then give you a list of actions of things you can do to reduce your footprint. Wow, great! Um, and that can be, and depending on how the bank decides to purchase it, it, can be generic actions, so like actions that everyone would get, or it can be very specific to you. So you might go to the supermarket, um, and then we might ask you some questions like, how often do you eat red meat? Do you eat dairy? Those types of things, because then that will change your experience and it will change your carbon footprint as well, based on some of those factors. So we can get pretty clever, but you know, not all banks want to get that level first. They want to kind of just have the a first base level of understanding for their customers because it's a new experience for people. It's a new, it's a new way of thinking. You know, and I always say, don't overcomplicate it to begin with. Try and make it mm-hmm. as simple as you can for people, mm-hmm. um, yeah. because then they're going to have a much better understanding before you start bringing in like enhanced features around. And have fun doing it, right? You want to enjoy yeah. it and get like, oh. Well, bit bit curious about it yeah. and get sort of interested through that kind of channel as well. Yeah, right? the interest curiosity yeah. channel. Yeah, and ultimately, what we're trying to do is increase people's carbon literacy. That's what we refer to it as. So we often hear of the term like financial literacy, but what I want to see happen is that I, when I go to purchase something, I'm like, okay, item A is going to cost me this much money and we produce this much carbon. Mm. Item B is more expensive but it's got a lower carbon footprint. Mm. Financially, can I afford that lower carbon footprint? I don't, actually, yeah, maybe I can. So I'll make a decision based on both my financial literacy and my carbon mm. And the two should really go hand in hand. It shouldn't just be about how much money have I got in my bank account. It should be that and what impact is that having on the environment. Mm. Are there any uh, banks that are using this in New Zealand at the moment? Or is that we can yeah, so name, that, more... like if the average New Zealander might be able to be using this and yeah. not realise? So um, we've just launched our business carbon manager, um, which is for small businesses with Kiwi Bank right. uh, last month in September. Mm. Um, they're our first New Zealand company to go live with our software. And they're also the first in the world to go live with our business carbon software mm. from a bank perspective. Um, which is exciting for us. Nice and you started in New Zealand for that. That's amazing. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's good. Um, and, it, it, you know, it, it makes me laugh a little bit. That makes me laugh kind of is a little bit sad that I manage the APAC region and we don't have any other New Zealand implementations. Mm. You know, we've got them all around the world. <laughs> but, you know, New Zealand is, has not taken it on quite as quickly as other areas of the world. But we'll we'll get there. Hmm. What do you think it is? Is it just a, a take-up? They're busy doing other things? What is it? I think there's two things. Like Europe is very far ahead, um, and that's because they've got a lot more regulation in place around carbon emissions. Hmm. So they're much more motivated to make change, whereas you know New Zealand doesn't have that. They're kind of doing it more out of goodwill, I guess, rather than out of need from a regulation perspective. 
Also, I think, you know, what we're hearing a lot from New Zealand banks is that they need to do some work internally on their own backends in terms of what their software house looks like and the software that they're running on. And until they do that, that then it's very hard to integrate with us. Um, so they're doing a lot of kind of behind the scenes work at the moment. Interesting. I have a bank account in Europe in Sweden of all places and oh, yeah. it tells you where you spent your money that this is how much money you spent on wow. food this is how much you spent on entertainment and I was like wow but now I see yeah it could easily tell you what your carbon footprint is yeah footprint on, is off that yeah based on that now that well, boy how you've just explained it so that's very interesting oh. but yeah mm. Mm. and then you're also working with banks or a, at least at least one bank in Japan because I know that you know, it's been published that you were one of the six recipients of this amazing green finance subsidy from the Tokyo Metropolitan Government. Yeah, very um, privileged. Right? And only six six companies in the world got that, and you're the only New Zealand company that got it. And I know you've been collaborating here. And so how do you get the subsidy? And and how's it working that that's enabled you to now set up in Japan and, and work with a bank here, a mega bank, shall we say, too? Yeah. We feel very fortunate to receive Tokyo Metropolitan Grant. It really has accelerated our plans to move into Japan. So I think, you know, a company always has a strategic roadmap of like what are the areas that they want to move into in the world. We're still a startup. We don't have like unlimited resources in terms of where we go. So we make strategic decisions. This actually brought us the Japan market much faster than we had anticipated doing. So actually the, the Tokyo Metropolitan Government Grant happened, or Team G Grant, happened uh, just before I started. But what essentially we had to explain what it was we were doing and how we could enable consumers and small businesses. Actually, it was more the consumer side at that point because we hadn't launched our small business offering. How we could enable consumers to understand more around their, their carbon footprint. It's a three-year grant and it has enabled us to do things like hire our first staff member. I'll make a plug now. We're looking, we're going to start hiring a salesperson dedicated to Japan in the next month or so. So anyone who's interested, make sure you follow the Kogo website for vacancies. So it means we get to hire that person. We've now got an office in Tokyo and we get funding for things like um, some consultation type work. And we're using part of that, this is actually quite exciting, we're going to use part of that for um, a piece of research that we're going to do in Japan around people's behaviour and thinking around sustainability and the role that they see of banks in helping them understand their footprint, which we understand is probably the first piece of research that's been done on the Japanese market around this. So we're quite excited about when that piece kicks off and the output that that will produce. And we see that as a really great leverage for people to realise that we are thought leaders in this space um, and that, you know, we might be a, a, a dot on the world map, <laughs> but actually <laughs> uh, we produce some pretty cool things and that you should be listening to and understanding, you know, what it is we have to say. And we're hoping that that will be, be an avenue in which um, more Japanese banks will speak to us as well to start to understand this thought, thought leadership in this space. Then when you're breaking into a new market, sometimes it is challenging around like, like we believe in it, but do the people of that country believe in it? And getting some research done to help with that thinking goes a long way. And we're hoping that it will lead to people not just wanting to do proof of concepts with us, but actually just move straight into, you know, a yearly or two yearly deal um, because they can see that there is demand out there. And we believe that there is, but we want to prove that in some research. 
Yeah, and Japan has so many banks, has the mega banks, but also there's regional banks, right? And they have yeah. names like Tomato Bank down in Okayama. And, you know, these sort of interesting <laughs> named banks, and there's so many of them that yes. I think there's yeah. real potential, right? Once the you've got that with the lead, one of the leading banks, then it's yeah. easier for others to see. Because Japan likes to, in a way, right, Jane, follow a trend. So if someone's mm -hmm. doing it, then others will be on mm, there pretty quickly mm, too. Yeah, yeah. I want to see have, some proof of concept. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have seen that in the Australian market. You, you know, one uh, Commonwealth Bank has led the led it in the space, mm. um, and now we're starting to see other banks are following their footsteps. Um, you know, and it's our belief that this will become like table stakes. We expect that it, every bank will end up having this, and it will be you know in in a banking environment. I think for consumer for consumer banking too, it's hard to differentiate yourself in the market, and this is a one way that that banks can start differentiating mm. themselves. And it's about aligning with actually something that's really purposeful and aligns with people's values as well. Yeah, it's good to hear this because it's quite a disruptor. I mean, Japan's very traditional mm. in its banking, and mm. so this is really going to shake things up in a really good way. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, that doesn't come without its challenges, but yes, it is. Tell us about that, actually. Yeah, you know, I'm interested in the to market hear about that. here. What have you come yeah. across, and you know how you've tried to or starting to overcome those? Yeah, there's a few challenges. One is that you know the New Zealand NZTE, which is New Zealand Trade and Enterprise, we have a you know partnership with them, and they've said, look, we think it'll probably take you three years to really set yourself up. They said the market is quite slow in the banking banking world, mm. um, particularly for a new concept. And I'm a slightly impatient. I'm like, three years, that's a long time. <laughs> we, we You've just gone through three years of a COVID, you know. Mm. Yeah, I know, right? How long did that? That felt like an eternity. It did. Um, <laughs> so there is that, like things can take a while. And um, definitely I've spoken to a few banks who have said some, some new concepts can take a while, but once, once you're established, uh, Japanese banks are very committed. So, you know, that they will be appreciating a long-term partnership. Um, which is really great to hear, I guess, from a receiver's perspective. But, you know, just taking that time. And I think part of taking that time is, um, you know, my perception is Japan is rich in history, right? And banks are not just new banks that just pop up all the time, particularly in the large banking sector. You know, you need to have presence and um, you need to be well-connected. And, you know, there's a lot of, I guess, respect required in that in that space and the respect takes a while to earn right so how do you earn that respect as well and so you know that means that we do need to be very careful in, in what we do and in, in the most culturally appropriate way and you know I think in some western country more westernized countries you can you know the way you do that is by pressuring people like mm. messaging them often or often ringing them sharing things that that might not be appropriate in Japan. So we, we're just being very careful in that we don't, you know, that we act in the most appropriate way um, mm. for the culture. But one of the ways that we're overcoming that is you were just mentioning um, about your bank account in Sweden and how, you know, it tells you all those, it tells you all those categories. That is what's called PFM, which is personal finance management. That's, that's the type of software it is. And there are quite a few banks in Japan who have, third parties who are providing them with this PFM functionality. And so we are part, and like you say, that's an amazing um, partnership to add CO2 onto that. 
Um, and so we are partnering with companies like Money Tree and Money Thor, talking to Money Forward, uh, because they are, offer PFM solutions and what PFM solutions they already have in existing banks and ways that we can work with them to also talk to the, the mega banks. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of trying to use existing partnerships and agreements and using them as a vehicle for us to be introduced to these banks. So, and I really believe that's going to be a, a very strong way for us to progress in the Japan market, uh, particularly the first few years. And, you know, for those third parties like Money Tree, Money Thor, Money Forward, it's an extra piece of, I'm going to say, functionality and in inverted quotes. It's an extra string to their bow that they can talk about other new features that they can offer to the market. The only thing we talk about that, though, is that Kogo needs to sit at the table because we are the specialists in carbon emissions mm. and how we calculate it and how it works and how the actions work. And we wouldn't expect those third parties to have that deep knowledge that we have. Um, and so we, you know, we expect a seat at the table when we have conversations like that with customers. And I think that's where you hit on the point of the partnership, mm. right? You yeah. are the specialist. You know yeah. this stuff, but you may not have the inroads to yeah. Japan. And so that's where your collaborating partners really, really important. And I'm sure you're saying NZT helped you with those introductions. I'd heard of Money Tree, but I hadn't heard of Money Thor and Money Forward. They've all got <laughs> money at the beginning of their name, which is very interesting. Is that, I mean, that's really important that you've been collaborating, right? That would be one of the key tips, I guess, you would have for, you've got your subsidy. Absolutely. You've got yeah. your speciality and now you've got this need for collaboration. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. I really believe that a way for a business to succeed is to collaborate. When when I first started at Kogo, we were talking, you know, kind of talking about like competitors, like who else works in the market. And um, one of my team said, we don't call them competitors, we call them allies mm -hmm. because we're all about reducing carbon emissions. It doesn't matter who does it because not one company is going to do it. This is a huge problem and we all need lots of different solutions to, mm, to achieve this, to create this reduction. And um, again, which leads strictly back to the purpose of this company, which is about reducing the impact on the environment. And no one company can do that alone. We need to work in partnership with other mm. people to do that. You know, no one person's going to do this. And without that collaboration, you know, no one's going to be successful in the ultimate reduction of, you know, carbon emissions in the world. And that's really what this is all about, is how do we reduce our carbon footprint? And we should all be welcoming new technology, new ideas, new thinking in the space, because we need all of that in order to achieve the impact that we need um, for us and for our kids' future and for their kids' future. Exactly. Um, you know, this is, this is a long game to reach that we all need to work together. Another yeah. potential challenge that I'm sort of seeing on the ground here in Japan is that banking is still often done very face-to-face -face mm. with bank books and going to an ATM to deposit and withdraw money and yeah. people using cash and doing a lot of cash transactions. Yeah. A lot of cash gets passed around in Japan. It's just bank normal. Book. Oh, you've got, I don't, yeah. It's, the bank also, Oh, it's your bank book. That is Japan's yeah, my bank book. That's your bank yes, book. It's still and everybody has one. In the machine, update the entries. It's still a thing. Oh, I always thought you were going to tell me that you were no, updating it. I wanted to give you evidence. <laughs> evidence. Mm -mm. 
So also people have a lot of bank accounts. So they might yeah. have one bank account for their salary, um, another bank account, like because the company refuses to pay salary into any bank account except for the local bank because they're supporting the local bank. Right. And they, But actually they do most of their banking from an, a different bank. It's very sort of muddled kind of way to do banking, I feel, compared to how you might do banking in New Zealand, you know, mm. with your one, maybe two bank accounts, uh, yeah, two yeah, banks yeah. that you might use. Yeah. yeah. How do you yeah. see Kogo being able to work with this sort of bank. environment? But, um, the other challenge we hear is um, people using credit cards a lot and credit cards which aren't actually linked to their bank account. So they're like credit card, you know, separate credit card entities. Oh, yes, right? definitely. Whereas yes. you don't have that so much in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> they're, mm -hmm. they're all linked to entities. Yeah, and so I think, you know, that is obviously a challenge that we're trying to work through. Um, there's kind of different solutions for, the, for those problems, depending upon what it is. Like this whole, you know, cash out system, that's a lot about like when that comes through on your banking transaction of cash out, like how do you want to categorize it? What makes sense? Can you split that out into different, into different categories? Like you might get... Oh, I'm going to use a New Zealand example because <laughs> I'm probably better at explaining that. But you might get cash out every week because you spend $100 on petrol, you aim to spend $200 on food, and then you have some, you know, play money, which might just be, you know, I don't know, shopping or something like that. So you might go, okay, well, in total, that's $400. Well, so you can go, okay, well, I'm going to split that $400 into $100 for petrol, $200 for food, $100 for, you know, something else discretionary. But you just get it all out at once because it's easier, you know, to run a cash system. So, you know, we can do something like that, which is, you know, allowing the end user to input around some of what that what that data is. Um, we're definitely looking at, and we're doing this a lot actually for business customers, yep. which is we can tell you what your footprint is for that bank account, but actually it's not just that bank account they want. They want all the bank accounts that are associated with their business. Mm -hmm. um, so we're trying to create this like dashboard view, which brings up like all your bank accounts and what is your footprint associated with all, your foot with all of them. So, um, yeah, I think the Japan market gives us an opportunity to be a bit more creative around, mm, you know, definitely. and yeah. that's one of the things about Kogo is that we're not just this like one cookie cutter solution. And then that's one of the great things about working for a startup is that you get to like work out like is this strategically aligned? Yes, it is. Right, good. Like how are we going to solve this problem then? And that's what we're all about is like you can't expect every country is going to act the same way with their money and you can't expect um, the solution to work every way. Like a great example of that is, um, you know, I talked about emission factors. Our emission factors are based on each country. So um, mm. our emission factors for New Zealand, so for petrol would be different to the emission factors in Japan for petrol. Mm. Um, and so we make sure that the emission factors are very specific per country and the same with actions. So the actions that we take in New Zealand to reduce our footprint are likely very different from the actions that you would take in Japan to reduce your footprint. So we make sure that actions are very country specific as well. It seems easy until you start unlayer, you know, unpeeling the layer, seeing <laughs> all these new nuances. Um, but we always have to come back to our purpose, right? And our purpose is to reduce our footprint and, you know, reduce the impact we're having on the environment. Japan's a huge market. You can't ignore that and say, well, actually, our solution doesn't work for that country. We're just going to step away mm -hmm. because that doesn't solve the climate crisis associated with Japan. 
and we need to all be looking at how do we reduce impact in many different ways. So awesome. Brilliant. Yeah, mm. and that dashboard's going to be awesome. And also the creative aspect, you can just come yeah. into Japan and have it as a playground. You can test so much here. And if you win yeah. in Japan, you can literally win anywhere. It's yeah. the, the yeah. best place for you to do that. Amazing. Yeah. But you need people um, here too, right? So you've got yeah. your people on the ground. How did you find those yeah. people? Yeah, well, you um, them? Because you, you know, yeah. you are all about culture. I know you talk a lot we about are. culture in your company. Mm. So yeah, how did you find your cultural fit person in Japan? Yeah, um, we're a lot about <laughs> culture. And, but for Japan, we're more than that. We're also about people who can be bilingual, speak good English as well as great Japanese. We were talking about what we need from a salesperson and someone said the other day, sounds like a unicorn. Like, I don't know if you're going get, <laughs> to get that person, you know. But we have mm -hmm. high expectations and we'll go out to the market and we'll see what, <laughs> what we can achieve. A mixture of different things. Some people just know about Kogo. They've heard about Kogo. We've been in the media. Um, so they keep an eye out on our careers website around, you know, jobs that are, that are coming. We've um, advertised through recruiters before as well. Although we haven't had as much success through recruiters. Um, we've probably had more success through people who know people, which is a great way to get people, but it's not a guaranteed way <laughs> to get people. We've also discovered, you know, that because being now founder is very vocal, I guess you would say, on LinkedIn. I don't know if you could call that vocal, but he posts a lot. Yeah, it's vocal. <laughs> mm -hmm. He does. Yeah. I've seen, yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, and they're great posts. Um, but a lot of Japan aren't actually on LinkedIn, and that's how we do a lot of our connections mm -hmm. and connecting. So it, it is different, and it is a lot about like who you know. The man that we've got working for us at the moment, Kaz, he actually was retired and came out of retirement to work for us um, because he was just so interested in our purpose and what it was we were trying to do. I mean, those are the gems wow. <laughs> that we love because he's not doing it for the the fame or the money he's doing it for the love and the purpose of what it is we're trying to achieve that's right um, yeah so that's pretty cool and um you know just through our recruitment in general around the world there's, a, there's some pretty cool things that the team ask you know in, in interviews which is like where are you on your sustainability journey and i'm like that's not a trick question and mm. there's no right or wrong answer to that but it's a great question to work out like do they really care about us and like what we're trying to achieve? Because, you know, if people are like, oh, I don't know, then it's like, well, we're probably not very value aligned <laughs> to our company. You know, whereas some of them are like, oh, well, I do this or I do that. Or in my case, when I first started, I was like, you know, I've got a long way to go, <laughs> you know, and I'll be really honest about it. And that's the kind of people that we want. We want people who will be, you know, who will be honest about it and will tell their story you know, feel safe to tell this, their story and not feel like they're being judged because that's not what it's about. It's not a judging question. It's we're genuinely interested on that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all try to do bits and pieces here, like, yeah. you know, eco bags, you know, bring your own bag to the supermarket has finally yeah. started. Um, we might have uh, containers that we can just refill with water rather than buying pet bottles. But oh, in yes. Japan, that's still a huge market, right? So they're breaking yeah. that that down with that mentality and thinking mm. differently, a different mindset around that is, is going to take a while. It is a different, yeah, it is a different yeah. mindset. It's really interesting. We, you know, when we talk about in general, like who adopts your software, who are the people who come back, 
generally we talk about you know younger generation millennials that that type of thing who are more interested but actually we've heard slightly debated conversation debated conversations about whether that's true in japan or not um that in japan it could be that they're actually more consumer driven in that age group and it's that older generation who care more about the impact that's having on the environment um, and it's that kind of that research that I talked about earlier in the podcast that we want to validate is that actually true mm. um, is what we're hearing true or not around that so that'll be I'm actually super interested to see what the outcome of that I am too yeah, yeah. <laughs> when is that research taking place Julian over how uh, um, when I, might we see it yeah what are, where are we now we're October um, I don't think I've told our researcher we got the green light yet so I need to do that <laughs> um <laughs> It'll probably be early next year. Yeah, uh, yeah, here at first. I'll tell Marina to listen to the podcast. Yeah. Um, and and you'll know if she has, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Marina, if you'd like to listen to the podcast, I'll give you an answer to what the research. Um, so I would say probably early next year. No, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I'll send you both a copy, then you've got We'd it. love Thank to you. see We'd it. We'd love to share it um, yeah. and read it ourselves. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. I was going to just share my own little sustainability journey story, if you don't yes, mind, a little do. narrative. Yeah. So um, I've got the most amazing team. And um, one of my team's lady's name is Jane. And I was at the gym and I was meant to be on a call with her and I was running late and I was in my car and I was on the call and had the video on. And she's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just driving home from the gym. So back to home. I'll be home in a minute. We can keep chatting. And I got home and she's like, are you home already? I was like, yeah, yeah. She's like, are you driving an SUV? And I'm like, please don't judge me, Jane. <laughs> and she's like, you live way too close to be driving to and from the gym. You should be walking to the gym. It was like two months ago, and I have never driven to the gym since. And I go like three or four times a week to the gym, and I have walked every time. I'm like, oh, my God, that is actually not that hard. It's helpful that we're coming out of winter. But I have walked in the dark, in the rain, with the rain <laughs> to the gym because all I can hear is Jane saying, like, it's way too close for you to be driving. Mm. So, you know, like, it's all those little things, you know, and it's that education piece. Like, the more we're educated, the more we can start sharing stories and anecdotes, and the more people start changing their mindset. Also, the way she told you, right, are you home already? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Right, and she's not saying you have to, you should, but yeah. then it came after your your own realization. Oh yes, I am doing this. I could yeah, change habit. that. Yeah, I could change I could my habit. habit. Yeah. Mm. Wow. <laughs> so, out of you know, you're working with Kaz here in Japan. What yeah. sort of things have come up that you think, oh, because we're kind of New Zealand, we've got this X factor, or we do things a bit differently that you're hearing from him and his reaction, or perhaps in the customers there amongst the customers. Yeah. What yeah. you're seeing as a New Zealand company that's really driving your success in mm, Japan so mm. far. I mean, it's only just started, but are there anything? I think, you know, I think for, for us, it's context because context. we often talk as if he has got all the context and he doesn't. And uh, he reports to Josh, who we were talking about earlier, and Josh is often on Slack messaging like, Kaz, that means blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And even silly things like NZTE. And he's like, who's NZTE? Like, oh, sorry, New Zealand. Like, right. Because you're um, the specialist. So the specialist always has to explain yeah. to others who aren't, who've got the other yeah. skills. And it's, it's um, and I think, I think we, particularly me, speak very fast. 
Mm. Uh, and I think it can be hard when it's, English is not your first language mm -hmm. to follow along. One of the big challenges that we face at the moment is, and I don't have an answer for this yet, is um, Kaz has been great and he is now at a place where he can run sales pitches by himself. And those sales pitches are all in Japanese, which means that when we've got other people on the call like Josh, Josh can't interject and add comment or help answer questions because he doesn't know what's being said because it's all in Japanese. Mm -hmm. I think it's um, maybe a barrier or maybe just not um, appropriate for Kaz to then, if he's not sure, for Kaz to then say, oh, please wait while I ask Josh, then say it to Josh in English and then for Josh to reply and then Kaz to translate it again. I think it slows the trust relationship down doing that. Um, and it can also change the tone or the dialogue of the, of the meeting where you have all those different levels of communication that have to come around to answer the question. Yeah, and you want um, to keep his mana as well, right? And to make yeah. sure he's not being in any way. Yeah. That's a really good point you've brought up, actually, with the um, communications between English and Japanese. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, it's very important that Kaz delivers the pitch in Japanese. So we would definitely want to him to carry on doing that. I think it'll be more helpful when we get another, when we get a, another salesperson in we can speak Japanese and English yeah. because then they can do it, you know, then they can support each other or the person, the other person can message in Slack to say, oh, Josh, they're asking about this. Right. You know, and then he could respond back and then right. they could speak it in Japanese, you know, simultaneously. I think that mm. that will help. So then that's that. You know, Are you doing we... video calls or voice calls? Or video. Yeah, so video, even with Zoom, you can actually have a translation in there now. Yes, yes, yeah, so we use Google Meet. I wonder if it's a mm. good Yeah, I know with Zoom, I mean, we're getting off track a little bit, but it is also yeah. very helpful that on some calls, yeah. you, on you can enable a translation so you can get an idea of what, Ooh, what is being said. Good. So you can yeah, have okay. like running it like running across the bottom as a, you know, a po what is it called? Gmaku. The at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Subtitles. 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 Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a group in Japan, I see they use that and they use it basically because uh, a couple of people on the on the meeting, in the meeting are hard of hearing. So it's good for oh. them to see that, but they can see it also in the other language. So that's also a possibility to think about. Okay, that's, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so we do, you know, and actually I think the whole pandemic thing's been super interesting around that too. So we, when we kicked off in the Japanese market, you know, things were very locked down. And so it was very easy to have video calls. Like our clients may not necessarily be on video, but we will always be mm. on video because it's a great way to create connection. But now as, you know, the um, our countries start to open up a little bit more and it's going to become more acceptable to have face-to-face -face meetings, then I think having people on Zoom as well can become quite complicated maybe or create an extra barrier so there's a few things we definitely still need to work through in that space and, and we will we just need to evolve <laughs> as as time goes on yeah so will we see you over here in japan soon oh i hope so <laughs> i'm actually going to the singapore fintech festival in like a week and a bit time um, so that'll be nice to do that. But yes, it's definitely on my, as, I, as I've said, it's definitely on my bucket list, never having never been. It would be an amazing mm. experience. But also I think it helps build um, respect 
with clients and build presence and build face for me to be there. So either me or Ben, <laughs> yeah. one of us will be there. Yeah. Oh, both of you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit hard, I know, but we'd love to see you in market and do tell us when you're here so we can look mm. after you. Oh, I definitely will. I definitely yeah. will. Yeah. No, yeah. Anything else, Julie, that we haven't covered that you thought, oh, I really wanted to tell the Jandals community today and we haven't um, um, gone through it? No, I think we've covered a lot about like kind of what we do and how impact driven we actually are. But I think, you know, the space is evolving so much and the company is evolving so much. Definitely do follow us on, you know, LinkedIn. Like I said, we're very vocal on LinkedIn to hear about all the stuff that's going on. Mm. I just recently posted like a seventh month anniversary at Kogo on LinkedIn and it's quite incredible <laughs> how much we've achieved in the yeah. APAC region. I did wow. see that and oh, thought that's yeah. amazing what you've done and in yeah. such a um, time. And so, so that... I mean... We're very, um, we're very focused <laughs> in what we're trying to achieve as well as having a bit of fun at the same time. Yeah, we look forward um, to seeing you d take that three years down to something a lot shorter. I think <laughs> we think you're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. My sheer determination will, uh, mm. <laughs> will, will be driving fat dices, I suggest, much to probably the horror of my team. But <laughs> we all want to make a difference, so it's just yeah. finding the right way to do that. Sounds like you got Slack coming yeah, in. Yeah, so who's slacking you? Oh, yeah, slacking you now. <laughs> oh, but they've somehow found notifications to, to hit me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe something terrible has happened and we better let you go. Oh, no, no we've signed a major deal. Like, I should be excited. I mean, something fantastic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any yeah, yeah. fantastic well, things. Yeah, absolutely yeah. amazing. We've just so enjoyed this. We could talk and talk and talk some more. But yeah. I think it's really great that we've opened up the world of people to listen and hear about CodeGo because Thank you are you. a, a small-ish startup company in New Zealand doing amazing things globally and in Japan. And, you know, we just want to say thank you and welcome to being a, a jandal in Japan, a successful yeah. one. And we really look forward to hearing more about your journey in Japan. Thank you very much. It's been, I've really enjoyed our conversation. And um, when I come to Japan, I'm sure we will talk for hours and hours. <laughs> We're going to have fun. Thanks, yeah. Thank Julie. you, Julie. Thank you. Wow, Catherine, that was a really great discussion with Julie from Kogo. Yeah. They're such a go-getter bunch of people, aren't they? Oh, they are. And, I mean, it sounds like they're going about it in a culturally appropriate mm. way, right? As well, yeah. pulled that out with not being pressurizing people but approaching it in a, a way that aligns with their purpose but also being culturally aware in Japan. Mm. Yes, yeah. it was good to hear that. It really was. Yeah, we can't always bring in our New Zealandness or our abrasiveness or our directness too much into Japan. It's sort of a, a way of managing that, right, that side of ourselves. And also we talked in the previous episodes about friendliness and not overdoing that side of things. So maybe they're going to be the leaders of managing both of those mm, approaches in to Japan. See how that works, because we are fairly spontaneous, I feel, New Zealanders, compared yeah. to Japan, yeah. if we're going to generally compare things. Yeah. Things that we would think nothing of deciding for your average Japanese person or business take a lot longer to come around to. So, yeah, yeah you definitely need that patience. It will be oh, yes. a virtue. Mm. Mm. I love that they're an impact fintech yeah. right they're not they're just for the money but for the impact that they want to create and it sounds like a super 
passionate bunch of people to be working with if you're interested in that position that they have going that she mentioned or any further ones coming up. And I'm sure there'll be more coming up in the future. If you're listening to this a little bit later, uh, yes. check out their careers page on the Koga website. Yeah. And I think that's right. That impact thing, it's two, two bits to it, right? That what impact they can have. And she also talked about enabling impact. And I love that, you know, going beyond. And she made that really brilliant example of collaborators, right? And that the people who are supposedly competitors mm. in this industry, in this space are allies. Allies. Yes. Wow. That was mm. a big download. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you yeah, use that allies framework to look at your entry into Japan. Who can I be an ally with who potentially would be a competitor, but oh, actually perhaps they were right. actually an ally and can help yes. me and we can help each other. And uh, approaching and, in that way, pitching mm. in that way, we would love to be, we see you as an ally. Mm. We'd love to collaborate with you in this way. We could see us working together. The sum of the two bits is, as a whole is better than the separate parts. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Growth for everyone. Yeah. And I think the other thing you actually mentioned about taking time in Japan, things take time, like that that yeah. road map <laughs> we've got for three years. I, I, she's going to do something about that. I really feel she's, she's going so motivated. To, yeah, yeah. yeah it'll be got, interesting to see how it pans out. We'll check back in in three years. <laughs> and that managing the impatience of wanting to do things fast, mm. as well as the cultural side of things, like she said, not texting people messages to put pressure on. Mm. So I look forward to seeing Julie and how she's going to. Uh, straddle that you know vibe of both things mm, put the mm. pressure on but not really put the pressure on in order to be you know, getting things going with a more uh, culturally appropriate way I thought that was awesome what a what a conversation it's great to talk to them now as they're just launching into Japan and we'll be able to watch their progress hear their results from their research that they're they're doing which sounds like it's going to be great as well and yeah follow the progress of yeah. a very innovative New Zealand company mm. is it? Uh, so there you go. The market. Ooh. There you go. We're you not only first. clean, green, you know, doing all that sort of thing. We are doing amazing, innovative things in a different space that perhaps a lot of countries or a lot of people in Japan, or generally speaking, don't really know where New Zealand is and coming in under the radar on these things. So that's part of our show, mm. right, Jane, yep. is to, to do this exact thing is show the other innovation and amazing things that New Zealand companies are doing as Jandals in Japan. Yes, awesome. Well, stay tuned for another fantastic episode coming soon. We, I think we're going to have a few um, rugby-themed mm. episodes coming through. Yes. So if you don't like rugby, don't tune out because, <laughs> it's, you know, I think rugby is a business, right? There's definitely a lot to learn from sporting exchange between cool. New Zealand and Japan. Uh, the business aspect of it, the cultural aspect of it as well. Yeah. All right. Coming we'll to you soon. See you again soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out our guests' links in the show notes. This podcast is brought to you today by Catherine O'Connell Law and Pod Launch with Jane. If you have a great story you think should be on the show, come and find us on LinkedIn or Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time. Mata ne!